the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Rumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, I am Spud Goodman. Spud Goodman. Welcome everyone to my little radio show. We have an interesting lineup uh, for your listening pleasure. I know pleasure is a subjective term. What is one man's pleasure is another man's pain, right? So you can see, you know, the difficulty involved with putting this show together. Basically, I'm trying to thread the needle here. You know, at the least, I can guarantee you will experience more pleasure than pain, maybe 55, 45, or or if you lean more to liking, you know, pain a whole lot more, then I know we can meet all your needs. Okay, right now, you know, I'd like to introduce our designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy, Give us a decent snicker. Wait, wait. I try to limit my snickers, as you've said they're not sufficiently supportive of your efforts. A snicker, you know, can often be interpreted as a passive-aggressive response. Are you sure you are okay with a snicker? Well, you know, you raise a good point, but just just go ahead. (laughs) Well. Now, I hope you understand that was not a snide response to your opening statements so far, Spud. I, I mean, you could pick up the pace as it's dragging a bit, but of okay, course, then. that's just my yeah. opinion. Yeah, okay, well, let's maybe retire the snicker as it can often be misinterpreted. Well, how about a quick chuckle? Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm good with that. All right, now I need to introduce our temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. This is your three to four second Movantic moment in the sun. Uh, make the most of it. Well, I most certainly will. As I know, our show no, look, will be... Uh, no, your time's up. That was it. So what I wanted to discuss tonight was how much I miss those full-service gas stations, you know, so I don't have to get out in the you know crappy weather and pump my own gas. Oh, I agree. No, no, I know Oregon and maybe a few other uh, you know states man you know mandate full service, but I think there should be a constitutional amendment to force all 50 states to be on board. My hair is too thin uh-huh. to deal with the elements these days. I said, your hair looks stupid. You know, actually, I thought it would be a good idea to bring up the topic of our current ratings, Spud. Uh. Why hide the truth from our listeners? The memo we got at this week's staff meeting was pretty bleak. Uh. You know, we've lost listeners in all demographic categories. Look, alternative facts are not facts. Even the 37 to 41 year old agoraphobics. Really? They've always been our base audience. I know. I know. Are you not? Are you not concerned about this? Well, I, 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 I think we can use this hour to brainstorm ideas on how to turn this thing around and become a ratings monster. How cool would that be? 
Well, you know, I won't lie. It would be nice to get some respect from people. And yes. just once I would appreciate not having to tell someone about our show. You know, have them come up to me and say, you know, I could not live without the Spud Goodman show. It's a big part of my life. Is that too much to ask? You, well, I, I think what fun. we need to do is to take a look around at the current market and see what's successful and, and you know, what's not. Well, I have taken a look around, and on okay, the plus right. side, talent doesn't seem to be a big deal these days. Courtney, Chloe. So, you know, we have a fighting chance to break out if somehow we got some help. Oh, hmm. don't sell yourself short, Spud. You do have some talent. For instance, you can say a few words that make you sound smart. Y oh, you know, yeah. I think that we found the show we need to emulate, okay? You know, uh, we need to borrow a few things that made it so successful. Are you too familiar with Alex Jones and InfoWars? They are complete pathetic maggots! Yeah, of course. He has that game show where you have to like be really smart to, to get it, but it's called Jeopardy, right? I mean, and, <laughs> no, I, mean no, I can no, no. toss out a few words that make me sound smart, but answering the questions on that show is out of my league. No, that's, that's Alex Trebek. The answer is... No, Alex Jones is a very high-energy host who Alex lays Jones. it all out there with no filter. Uh, you know, I gotta say, he makes me very uncomfortable myself, but I do listen quite often when my wife's not in the room. Uh, she's forbidden Alex and WWE rest to be on with the kids around. Good so for her. I guess it does tend to amp up our oldest, Gerald Jr. Okay, right. no, wait. I, I know this. I know the dude you're talking about. He, he's the guy who screams at people, and he's yeah. in the news right now because I saw something on CNN. I heard he was a performance artist. These guys, they make millions of dollars. They're smart as hell. You know, I mean, that's a, you know what his attorney said in, in his divorce hearing that's going on right now. Right. I, but I can never pull that off. Uh, being a performance artist, I, I have no artistic skills whatsoever. I mean, I go with stick figures when I draw a human. Oh, Alex Jones is a dick. He is very mean to people. Well, that's a bit harsh, Mrs. Not Jarvis. Not true. Uh, uh, listen, I don't think Alex is really a performance artist, w whatever that means. It, it was probably something thrown out by his oh, people no, to mitigate... Yeah, so the judge wouldn't think he was a dick. I don't well, like him. Man, enough people already think I'm a dick. Yeah, I mean, do you really guys. believe it's a smart move for me to use him as a role model? Seriously. Listen, he has millions of followers, Spud. It's almost like a cult. And listen, you don't want to upset them as they will come after you like a skunk on a rhubarb plant. <laughs> what? What? I was raised on a farm, Spud. If you put water on plants, they grow. Well, I've never seen no plants grow out of no toilets. Just don't antagonize them. But, hey, I can see you as a potential cult leader, too. You have all the attributes. Oh, he does have a point, Spud, dear. You would Thank be a you. good cult leader. The only thing you lack is, you know... Charisma? Charisma? You have none mm. of that whatsoever, so maybe you could bribe people well, to do what you say. If I had a flipping budget to work with, yeah, that would really help me, you know, make people do what I say. Uh, probably. Be big help. Just hold that thought as, as I need to bring on our musical guest, um, who I will be speaking with, by the way, just a little later on in the program. I dig these guys. Here they are, the gentlemen of leisure. Pardon. You don't mind if I tell you all about a dream that was modified. Who mourns the loss when the thought of potential dies? The realization of a fantasy that actualized. Someone told me that the future's all written. So my expectations were like Dickens. Could be love, but I think the heart's missing. 
Cause I hardly know her, clover and crimson. But I really know it's for sure that she's different. And if it's meant for us to be, it's all kismet. Innocent and intent, feelings getting intense. But it's artificial, we in love with the mischief. A man's trash is another man's mistress. We could justify the lies and dismiss it. But if the foundation was built of this slickness, do you really think the results a good ending? You're looking at the future through rose-colored eyes. Don't realize that romance is romanticized. Passionate affairs are based off of lies. Even Juliet and Romeo laid a path to God. I gave you hope for love, knowing I never will. Funny how we end up pleased this is just a kill. You hate me more if I lied about the way I feel. So I'm sorry that I couldn't be a man of steel. Cause in the end I was searching for a heroine. But what we made was as toxic as heroin. A close enemy created from a distant friend. There I go having those old thoughts again. I still think about it every now and then. I know I should call to the airmen. I feel like I forced a hand that was never meant. Uh, this is Ed Asner, or Edward formerly, and I want to thank you for enjoying Spud Goodman and his merry band of rogues. Uh, Spud, yeah. your first guest, Tom Arnold, is waiting to speak with you. Cool. You know, the last time he was on, he made freaking news, remember? He starts talking about having a copy of that tape with Trump saying nasty things about people on the set of The Apprentice. And a few days later, I read about it in the newspaper. Oh, yeah. Normally, the only time I'm in the paper is when I, you know, try to sell stuff in the classified ads. 
Last week I sold a couple of like abandoned coffee tables. I found out, you know, I found them in front of my apartment building. I got not, I did two. I, I, I got to tell you, them. I hope Tom does like a lot not money, have any more tapes you know. on our president. But it's time we all rallied around our commander in chief. Yeah, yeah, like he did for eight years with Obama. I mean, he practically well, tried to get him deported. No, I will hold him accountable, just like he and others did to our prior president. Hashtag hypocrite. Yeah, uh, well, hashtag man of the people. And it oh, is still really? an open question about Obama's citizenship. I'm just repeating what a lot of people say. Yeah, well, they also say Tupac and Elvis are still alive, so people say a lot of goofy stuff. Hmm. Just put Tom on, please. Yeah, here he is. Welcome back to our show, actor, comedian, producer, author, and now podcast host, Mr. Tom Arnold. Hey, man, how's it going? Uh, it's going very well, but how are you doing? Excellent, excellent. Okay, you're now officially a podcast host as your new show, Tom Arnold, 100% Honest, pretty much, is now yeah. available weekly at podcastone.com and iTunes. That's probably a step up from radio, right? You have, you have decent craft services on your show. I'm jealous, man. No, no, I don't know that it's a step up for radio. I really don't. Uh, it's, it's, uh, Sounds like it's it is. I'm learning. It's something I'm learning. I know that there are people that are very good at it. And uh, as my wife said when she went to one of my first shows, she's only gone to one. Um, Tom, you talk too much. So, you know, it's a, it's a learning process. I enjoy that the fact that, that I get interesting people and I make them come and talk to me for an hour a week. Um, so I'm going to do my best and, uh, you know, and see what happens. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's interesting for me. I want to get a different, uh, uh, people tend to share more with me because I, I, I share a lot about my personal self. And, yes. And so... Uh, I'm very happy uh, uh, doing it, and uh, it forces me to focus, and uh, we'll see what happens. Focus but. is good, right? Well, you know, the last time you were on this show, you laid on us that you had seen that, you know, that tape on Trump. You know, the one right. where he said a bunch of nasty things about people. You were all over the news. So here's well, what I'm saying. Funny. I got to ask funny. you this, though. I got to ask what? you this before you even say anything. I was wondering if you could get me a dub of that, and also maybe that PP tape too, because I could give it out to relatives at Christmas, and I could be really well liked for once. Well, you know, it's funny. Before I was on the show last time, I'd already talked about that, uh, and then it became a story again. Yes. You know, I, I'd spoken about that, I believe, in October, and then uh, once I was on your show, it became a story as if it, I was telling it for the first time. And, I, and, you know, when I talked to you, I was very matter-of-fact, you know, I was retelling the story that I had told around election time, so it kind of surprised me that uh, the press was like, oh, he's telling this. And then I uh, 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 went to Australia, or I went to South Africa to film a, a show that only aired in Australia. And uh, um, I, uh, I, I was asked a question about it, and I thought, well, I'll answer this because it only airs in Australia. They'll never hear about it in America. And uh, uh, it's one of those shows where you parachute out of an airplane into the jungle. Right. With one no of those. phone, no connection to the outside world, survive on your own. And when I got out of there, I was the number one trending yes. uh, thing in Australia because I retold the story, and now it's another new story, but they'd reprinted it as though uh, I had said that Hillary Clinton had begged me for that tape. Now, Hillary Clinton did not beg me. You know how you know how headline writers are. Well, yeah, yeah. So I had to get her address and write her an immense letter. Uh, you know, because she did not beg me, and uh, and.
And I realized at that time, I have got to shut up uh, and let uh, the professionals and the, the, the uh, professional journalists and the politicians that I trust deal with this. I'd, uh, it was my second amends letter. Uh, back in 1990, uh, when uh, George H.W. Bush was president, I, I got on Johnny Carson and told a story. Uh, I, I told some jokes about uh, the president, uh, George Bush Sr., that were mean-spirited. And uh, I, the next day I saw Maria Shriver, and, and she said, I saw you on Carson talking about the president, who I knew was friends with, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I said, yeah. And she goes, yeah, that was pretty harsh. And I said, yeah, but I'm sure he doesn't watch. And she said, I bet he does. And I said, well, I'm sure he doesn't care. And she goes, I bet he does. And I was like, oh, boy, do you well, have his address? And she said, yeah, I have his address. And I hand-wrote the president an apology letter because I believe you could say, you know, the First Amendment, but I, I, don't, I was mean. Well, you know, I went over the line, and I wrote him a letter, and I have the letter framed in my office right now that he wrote me back that I got the next day from the Secret Service that basically said, Tom, it's okay. Jerry Weintraub, probably the only other Jew he knew in Hollywood, says, you're a nice guy. Would you join Barbara and I for dinner this weekend in Las Vegas? Sweet. And I thought, absolutely. And from that moment on, I loved the Bush family. He was kind to me. He showed grace. And even with uh, George, uh, uh, his son, with the war, when people in my business would criticize him, I would say, no, no, no. The Bush family is class. It's Cheney and Rumsfeld. Right. I happen to know them. They are nice people. And so that's where my uh, political uh, things lie. If well, someone is nice to me, that's all that matters. So, um, so that's, you know, a no, that's a no on the PP tape. You can't get, I guess the only people in England and the FBI have it right now. Then You can't get me a dub. All right. I certainly I kind of what I wanted to know. Uh, yeah, you know, I have given a, believe me, uh, John McCain's office has everything you want. Okay. It has to be a Republican that starts it, like Howard Baker started Watergate. Right. And uh, you will see it. You will see it. And uh, hope so. You know, but uh, but here's here's but here's the thing. When I when I see something and I think it's just ugly words or rude words, and I think that's uh, a little bit amusing. What other people see when they watch that same tape is. They see the people that he's saying it to, who I don't recognize. That is the story. All right. The, the people visiting the set that day, those are actually people, as, as you will learn when the subpoenas come out, that are more important than the ugly words. All right. Okay. All right. Well, I, okay. I, I won't. I won't beat that dog anymore. But, no, um, but and I don't want to do that because I love out, dogs. But it's, uh, but it's anyway. a little ill, you know. But but me, some Yahoo uh, civilian. But you'll see. You'll see. And uh, we'll let uh, Senator McCain, who's going to run the investigation in the Senate, we'll let him do his all right. thing. And. Uh, and there you go. Okay, so, well, let, let me ask you this, Tom. Um, you know, I'm getting advice to maybe do a, a makeover with my show. You, do you know much about this Alex Jones dude? I guess he's kind of popular. I'm being told by my staff to start coming up with some really good conspiracy theories and, oh, yeah, start kind of yelling at people. Would that be a good idea or not, in your well, opinion? Well, yeah, if you want to lose your children, it's probably a good idea. Oh, okay. I don't have yeah. any, but okay, I'll remember yeah. that. Yeah. 
What? Oh, I have many friends who are regular listeners because of me being on the show. They despise you, but they do love Alex Jones. So saying, you know, not nice things about him with Tom here will probably make them change to another station. Uh, Tom, I need to take a second here. Uh, How many friends are we talking about? Enough to worry about or just a handful? If you were talking about a few thousand, I might consider waffling a bit. But if it's just a couple buddies from your church, then big deal. It's more than a couple, I'll tell you that. Spud, Tom Arnold is a man who has strong opinions, and I also disagree with how you and he feel about our president. You guys need to give him a break. But Do you think guys like Trump, Alex Jones, and let's toss in Vladimir Putin, too? Can you even imagine them giving anyone a break? I don't think so. They play hardball. Well, maybe so, but all three are very, very successful. Well, if that's success, then they make me feel okay about being a total failure. Let me get back to Tom. Thank you, buddy. Okay, where were we? Um, he's a fraud. He's, his own lawyer admitted he's a fraud. He puts on an act. You know, if, if there's one thing, you don't want to be a fraud. You want to be yourself, however you are. And uh, he, is, right. he is a fraud. And look at what's happening. Bill O'Reilly, done. Bill Cosby, done. Roger Ailes, done. Alex Smith, or Alex Jones, done. You know... Wow, I wrote all that you, down. Whatever you are, don't try to be somebody else. Be yourself. All right. All right. Listen, I gotta go put a cast on my son. Okay, then, I guess he had to go. He had to get a cast put on his son. Well, yeah, that's a lot more important than doing a dumb radio interview. Yeah. But, but I was just going to ask him about hanging with Arnold, as he always has great stories to tell about their time together. You do know Arnold is killing Trump in their ongoing Twitter war. It's almost like a kid going up against a superhero. I almost feel sorry for your president. Hashtag lame tweeter. Uh, well... Uh- Hashtag 100 days of glory, and I totally disagree. President Trump has put Arnold Schwarzenegger in his place on Twitter. Uh, He's put out some great tweets on him. Uh, Yeah, yeah, if you say so. Anyway, uh, that was Tom Arnold, everyone. And again, he now has a new podcast, Tom Arnold, 100% Honest pretty much, available at podcastone.com and iTunes. Uh, Spud, I'm being told by the board... Hey, I need to take a really brief break now. Uh, Go get me a fresh chilled bottle of Pepto-Bismol from the fridge. My personal assistant, Derek, is, of course, not around once again. Yeah, sure thing, Spud. The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. love it so much we'll keep coming back until he won't let us come back and then we'll stand outside the door waiting for him to show up so we can beg him for more appearances because we love it so much we now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the spud goodman radio show you know, Spud, getting back to the possibility of jumping on the Alex Jones InfoWars bandwagon, so to speak, yeah. it's possible a few of your current listeners will go along with you on this journey, but you will basically be starting from scratch, and that's going to allow you total freedom, because who cares about alienating your core of a, what, a baker's dozen or so fans? Hey, we? don't belittle the hardcore followers who've been with me, you know, for years. Well, Without them, I wouldn't even be on the air right now. But, you know, but I get 
decided I do need to try something new to shake things up. Oh, count me as a solid no to this stupid idea. Did I mention Alex Jones is a dick? Y- yes, Mrs. Jarvitz, you have made your feelings quite clear okay. on Alex Jones. But the bottom line here is if we don't do something different, you may be out of work as a designated laugher what? very soon. What? Didn't you read the ratings memo at the staff meeting? Uh, no, I throw those memos in the garbage. And if I do lose my job, big whoop. I don't get paid here. I volunteer my services for my nephew. You know, he would be in quite a bind without a designated laugher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I continue to be very grateful for your service. Uh But you are pretty up-to-date on what's going on politically, so that's a plus. Well, yeah, but didn't you hear what Tom Arnold said about Alex? And from what I read about him, too, he loves Trump. And it only makes common sense. But I do not love Trump. Hmm. So I don't see how we can tap into the InfoWars audience. They're just going to think I'm a weak-ass liberal wuss. <laughs> the current version of Spud Goodman, yeah, for sure. But I'm talking about the 2.0 version of Spud. Like, with a few tweaks, we can attract at least a portion of his followers. The number one thing is Alex hates weakness. Stop being weak! And, oh, yeah, can you take off your shirt and, like, emit a guttural sound? Alex is great at that. And he can make it sound like he's, uh, like, inserting a needle into his eyes when he's addressing his fans. Very realistic rage. <laughs> uh, sure, but this is radio. Why do I have to take my shirt off? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I guess I can make gut- guttural sounds. Huh? How's this? Arg, uh, uh, ah, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. no, I'm not feeling it. Well, you, I, I you, need to practice. I, I need to, to just the first time down. out of the box trying it. Well, you need to bring up like emotional anguish. Think, um, Hillary Clinton as our current president. Don't be so overly dramatic about it. Nothing would give me more pleasure right now. Well, okay, I, I guess I can try and fake, you know, I sort of like Trump, but it's going to take everything I have. But no one said being a huge radio star is going to be easy. <laughs> but he is the bigliest liar I have ever seen in my lifetime. And then you wonder why some people don't like me, folks. <laughs> you know, when I interviewed him way back on one of his book tours for my TV show, I counted like 12 bold-faced lies in the four-minute interview hmm. for no reason. I call him the opposite man. Whatever he says he's going to do, the opposite happens 100% of the time. You can bank on it. You, yes, Donald Trump is um, fluid in his approach to his fluid, presidency. Yeah. Well, he's very flexible. Hashtag always making America great again. Well, hashtag spatula man, as no one is a bigger flip-flopper than that dude. Hmm. And and for the record, it pained me to use a sacred spatula in that reference. I, I will say that. <laughs> okay, well, hashtag USA, USA. Because if you would just show a minimum level of support for him, it would go a long way. Yeah, let's not get into a debate on the merits of our commander-in-chief's record right now. Just stay on topic. Maybe you can come up with a few catchy conspiracy theories. That's a big part of what Alex Jones does. People love a good conspiracy. We're coming for you, globalist! How about I start one? Alex Jones is a vegan. Hey, I have a good friend who's a vegan, uh, and we're on the same bowling team. Oh, uh, Dorothy, sorry. you need to come up with a better one than that. Mm. Uh, but right now, we need to see if our next guest is ready to go. Check it out, Mr. Temporary Co-host. Wait, well, temporary, permanent co-host. And yes, your next guest, Stephen Tobolowsky, is ready to go. Well, Stephen is a great guest. Um, I love interviewing him. And, and this is a guy hmm. whose face is about rec- as recognizable as any big-time star like Brad Pitt or Harrison Ford, as he has been in a buttload of movies and TV shows. He's in everything. But you know, 
He's scary smart, too. Almost makes me uncomfortable, really. I don't think there are many people in Hollywood who are as bright as this guy. Uh, I'm Googling him right now on my phone. You know, Spud, he has written several books, I guess. Yep, and he's out promoting his new one now, and I'll be talking with him about it. Hey, do you think... That's what I'm supposed to do. Could you ask him about being in Groundhog Day? Our family loves that movie. We watch it every year on the same day. Uh, really? No, unfortunately, that would be a violation of our working agreement on this show, so just put him through. Okay, here he is. Please welcome back to the show, actor, author, and podcast host, Mr. Stephen Tobolowsky. Thanks so much for checking in with us. Hey, good to be with you, Spud. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, you know, aside from all the movies and TV shows over the years, uh, you continue to find time to crank out books. Not like those celebrity autobiographies that one in Hollywood must put out. No, you crank out hardback books about stuff in life that's not exactly fluffy. You are a deep thinker, Mr. Tobolowsky. The new one is titled My Adventures with God, now available everywhere books are sold. And like I said, not exactly something about a new diet or workout program, huh? No, no I, uh, I, uh, well, it's... It's very hard work to do a book. Yes. It, this one, My Adventures with God, took me three years to do. And so to do that, you have to be inspired. And that, <laughs> it, it takes a lot of effort. And so it's hard to do that for a diet book. Or, or, or I got to tell you, the, the, one of the reasons I love working with Simon & Schuster is that my editor there said, can we not do any movie stories? Like, movie stories are kind of boring. And I go like, I am with you because everybody thinks they want to hear nothing but movie stories, but movies are really kind of not that interesting sometimes. So what, what I, I guess the basis of this whole writing thing happened in like 2008. Uh, I, I had a terrible accident. I don't know if you heard about this. Yes, I did. I we talked broke. about it the last time you were on our show, on the horse, yes. the horseback okay. incident. The horseback issue, right? Yes. Okay. So anyway, when, when we, we talked about the last show, I ended up recovering from my broken neck by uh, writing. It was my therapy. And I thought, what if what the doctor said was true? And I ended up dying in this accident. What would I want my kids to know about me? So I started writing these stories from my past as a message, as a gift to my children to read at some point when they were clearing out the storage locker after my demise. As it turned out, uh, the stories ended up on the radio. They ended up in that first book we talked about, Dangerous Animals Club. Yep. And Simon and & Schuster called me back shortly after Dangerous Animals Club came out and said the people are responding to the spiritual quality of your stories, not the religious quality, but the spiritual qualities of your stories. Can you write something more about it? And so here, Spud, here's the template I came up with. It seemed to me that everybody's life kind of falls into the template of the Old Testament. Like we all have this genesis where uh, stories we usually tell on the first date with the first glass of Chardonnay about where we came from, our family, our aspirations. Then we all go into slavery, like in the book of Exodus, except instead of making pyramids, uh, a lot of us uh, get lost in first loves, heartbreaks, uh, seeking opportunity when we don't know what opportunity looks like, or just ending up in graduate school forever. Right, right. And then eventually, like in the Bible, we get out of slavery, but we're still lost in the desert. Then we have a Leviticus moment, 
which is... I'm writing all this down, by the way. It's it's very deep. It's deep. Deep is true for you. The Leviticus moment, kind of a short moment in the middle of our life where we go, wait a minute, let's stop the merry-go-round. This is what I am. Like the book of Leviticus. And in in my life, at this point, this is when I married Anne. Right. This is when I became a father. This is when I ended up going back to more traditional Judaism. Then we have the numbers like the book of numbers mortality unfortunately starts changing our lives as we lose our parents and our family and loved ones yeah and we are yeah. shaped by mortality that's not and fun. finally if we're lucky we end up in the book of deuteronomy where we end up telling our stories to our children to try to make sense of the entire journey just like moses did to the children of israel uh, because they had forgotten why they were wandering for 39 years in the desert right so my stories are kind of funny stories, most of them. Some are kind of scary, I must admit. But funny stories that kind of fit this template of right. how the invisible has shaped my life. Well, you kind of lost me on that Deuteronomy th- book thing. That's, that's always uh, been a big hurdle for me. But let me ask you this. I, I'm not especially religious myself, but it, you know it would be cool if there was a God. Do you, do you think he or she is, is okay with a large number of his or her followers turning their backs on science, or should, should I say reality? Ha- have you had any conversations you know, about that topic, like the Earth is really not 6,000 years old? Well, to tell you the truth, uh, I'm sure there are out there people who think the Earth is 6,000 years old, but, you know, in my 66 years of life, I've never met a one of them. Uh, uh, Spud, yes? if I may interrupt for a brief moment here, it is unfortunate that Stephen has not met me previously, as I know without a doubt that the Earth is in fact 6,000 years old, because the Bible says so. Uh, excuse me, Stephen. Well, the Bible says that Jonah dude got swallowed up by a whale and made it out alive after three days. There is no way someone could live inside a whale for longer than 24 hours, maybe 36 hours tops. Jonah would have been toast for sure, as he would have been dehydrated really bad. And depending on what the whale was eating, well, I know I would have been grossed out and killed myself for sure. So don't blindly accept everything you read, okay? Um, But but I do sort of buy that Jack and the Beanstalk story, so I'm not a total non-believer. Jack and the Beanstalk? What, yeah. what, what book are you talking about? But you don't get it. There is absolute truth in this world, and the Earth being 6,000 years old is part of that truth. You know, you really need to go to a Bible study class as it presents alternative facts about the age of the Earth. We have them twice a week at my church, you know, if you're interested. Are we talking about that old one or the sequel? And do they serve snacks like at AA, like decent cookies and donuts? Uh, well, we, not Safeway ones. We use the King James version of the Bible, and I'll have to check about the refreshments. But I'm sure they're top notch. My wife bakes treats for them all the time. I might go then because you know your wife makes killer chocolate chip cookies. Oh, I know. But, but can I ask why conservatives hate science so much? Reality is not political or partisan. What? We don't hate science. We just feel that Satan is very smart and he tries to confuse us. Whatever, man. Just let me me finish up here with with Stephen, all right? He's a busy guy. Okay, I'm back. Great. But I'm interested in one thing you said. What what 
holds you up about Deuteronomy? Because Deuteronomy is kind of fascinating. It's just, what holds you up It's just too intense. I mean, I don't know. But I, I, I got to get one comment in. You said you haven't really had any discussions with anybody about, you know, the Earth being 6,000 years old. Then you must not right. hang out at any Republican National Conventions because it's like, I think it's in their platform. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm pretty sure it's in their platform. But anyway, well, hey, I know time is of the essence and I would be sued as a talk show host if I did not at least toss out one token show business question. It's And, and I know it's kind of counter. I almost feel like it's a sin to do this, but let me hit you with this. Um, do you think you could be the, the, the current record holder as far as most movies and TV show appearances within the Screen Actors Guild? Because IMDb needs an attachment page to list all your credits. I'm serious. And that's a lot of craft services over the years. It, it, it is a ton of craft services. And in fact, but. You can always tell the kind of show you're on by the craft services. All right. Uh, I was on a Disney show once in which the only, if people don't know what craft services is, those are the snacks they have. Free food. Free food. It's food. I was on a Disney movie once where the only thing they had at the snack tray was a, a dish of bubble gum and carrot sticks. Now, I'm doing one day at a time now for Netflix. Oh, cool. And when we go to the, when, oh, it's fantastic. We're starting season two now. When we go to the, to the craft service table, they have like Vietnamese food. They, they have like vegetable curry, uh, rice. They, they have egg rolls. Uh, they have sweet rolls and donuts, Krispy Kreme donuts in the morning. So you oh. know you're on a good show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I, your people who have people are telling me you got to get going. So let, let me, before, before I got, I got to plug this thing one more time because, you know, you you put out great stuff. So let me say again, you have a neato new book out titled My Adventures with God available everywhere. People need to ask for it if they can't find it. And I am, I am so looking forward to our next conversation as you give great interview. Thank you very much, Bud. And, and also, if people don't like the written format, know that it is an audio book, too. And... I do the audio. I insisted that I do the story. Yes, there you go. All right, Mr. Stephen Tabalowski. Thank you so much, Stephen. You bet, Spud. I'll talk to you later. Okay, cool. This is one of radio's most famous musical productions, the program that brings you the music of a nation that loves to sing and whose songs reflect the beauty and romance inherent in its way of life. This is the Spud Goodman Show. It's musical guest interview time. Welcome back to our radio show, The Gentleman of Leisure. Please state for the record your actual legal identities and instrument, and it's not going to go any further, so no worries. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to be back. But yeah, really thank you very much. It. Yeah, it's been great. Um, of course, um, I'm the MC. I'm Chris Blunt. Um, and L? Uh, my name is Sphinx Akasha. Uh, I am the vo- I am a vocalist and the guitarist. All right, and with us we have the rest of the gentlemen of leisure crew. Uh, we have Jen on cello, we have Skylar on the keys, and um, sitting in for um, the, the members that aren't here, we have usually we have Paul on the keys as well, and um, James Pope, who usually is our drummer. But today we have a local, uh, a veteran local, Brendan. Brendan's holding it down with us. 
and he's going to be playing drums with us. So it oh, yeah. did us a solid. All right. right. So it was good. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the band went to South by Southwest uh, this year to perform. Has mm-hmm. there any, you got any tales of debauchery experience down in the Lone Star State that can be shared? And hopefully no family members are listening <laughs> right now. Oh, man. I cannot state that legally. No, not at um, all. But, you know, yeah, it was a fun time. The criminal code of justice in Texas yeah. is, I don't even know what their statute of limitations are, yeah. so it's probably, probably wise. Yeah. Yeah, keep, I, yeah, never mind. That was yeah. a stupid question. That's, oh, gosh. Yeah. Stupid, yeah. stupid oh, question. Yeah. No, no, Sorry no. about that. It's okay. Okay. It's okay. So uh, where do you guys uh, see hip-hop music going in the near future? Do you, do you see that old East Coast, West Coast feud ever coming back? Because some real cool music came out of that conflict. Well, um, trends are trends always come back around. I'm pretty sure something's going to come back up. and But it, they're probably going to be... Everything's mixed now. Yeah. So everybody's from everywhere. It's going to... Somebody's going to like beef but like from someplace like idaho and like idaho and arizona are gonna yeah that could be a good feud something's gonna happen yeah idaho and arizona yeah that would be i'll be looking for it (laughs) yeah um all right well well, let me ask you this what's the band's official position on colonizing mars a good idea Mm. or is it just another planet for earthlings to mess up because i'm pretty sure we're gonna frack the hell out of it i got this one sphinx we talk about this one all the time we really do um Huge fans of colonizing Mars. Yes. Um, because we love like Space Odyssey um, mm-hmm. adventures. So yeah, that it's gonna blow up in our face. Oh, of course. But it will. we just we just like to see cool things happen. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I was gonna say you you kind of have a new uh, uh, CD EP or whatever coming out. So you want to hit that title? Absolutely. Yes. It's called The Great and Powerful. Uh, it's The Great and Powerful. It's an evolving EP. Uh, we're releasing songs. It's actually out now. Um, so if you go to gol.life, uh, you can feel free to listen to it. It's gonna be available to download um, later on, actually in a month. All right, month. So very cool. Very happy. And we're adding new songs every other week. So it's an evolving EP. Oh yeah. Super. So what's the name of the next song? Um, the next song is, is actually sort of like a hybrid of two songs. Um, it's Please Know, and then it leads into a song called Don't. Let's do it. Yeah, all right. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, everybody, we are the gentlemen of leisure. Yes, um, yes, This yes. next song is very important to us. Mm-hmm. And just to let you know, we mean every single word. Every word. Thank you. Each time that I unfold doesn't mean I've lost 
what you're not gonna do. Tell them. To knock you right on your ass Writing checks, your chin can't cash Got my hands in my pockets Coming back out with the brass Y'all gonna make me go off and smack somebody We'll do it! These hands right here, rated E for everybody I've been doing bare knuckle push-ups What? Anticipation for mother to pull up oh. So no you don't think that you will, but I know you won't. Now you talk a lot, but I know you're front. Think you can say what the you want, you know. Better know your place. You can act wild with a sour taste, but don't. Goodman Radio Show. What's up, y'all? This is Cedric the Entertainer, and I'm on the Spud Goodman Show. Oh, yeah. I holler. Uh, Spud, your last guest, Eugene Simon, is waiting to speak with you. Okay, this is the guy who was on Game of Thrones. Uh, of course, he got killed off this last season. Everybody mm. gets killed on that show. It must be weird, you know, to, like, 
die on screen. I mean, it would freak me out. Not doing the scene, but like watching it later. Yeah, you know, I'm guessing his death was pretty gruesome, as no one goes gently on Game of Thrones. Yeah. It's too violent for our family. Well, you guys like might be into the new show then he's doing on National Geographic Channel. I guess that's yeah, that's the channel. It's it's about that really really smart dude Albert Einstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Eugene plays a relative of his. Put him on and I'll find out. Yeah, very well. Here he is. Welcome back to the show, actor Eugene Simon. Thanks for calling in. Thank you very much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Yes. Now, you have a new series, Genius, on the National Geographic mm. Channel starring the great Jeffrey Rush as Albert Einstein, and you play Edward Einstein. Is that like a nephew of his or something? <laughs> Nearly. It's a little closer, actually. I play the role of Edward Einstein, who was his son. Oh. He was the second son of Albert, of Albert Einstein, and um, he, is a, uh, he is a character who uh, you will be seeing in episodes five and eight. Of this, uh, of this wonderful show, and um, he's a rather layered and rather uh, troubled character insofar as uh, his storyline revolves around how very sadly he suffered very heavily from schizophrenia. Yeah, I saw the previews to the series. looks looks really good. Ron Howard directed it, right? Yes, he exactly produced um, and uh, and and directed it. Um, oh, super! And uh, from as a director, exactly, and as a director who's come from a film like A Beautiful Mind, um, you know it's going to be you know it's going to be something special. Absolutely. So, do you have math skills yourself? I'm guessing all Einsteins had good math genes, and if not, did you have like a special <laughs> math tutor to help you get in character? <laughs> a special? Uh, did, you, did you say math? Yes, math uh, tutor. Yeah. Well, we call it math <laughs> over here. I, I like I like to think. I think so, actually. When I was at school, I used to adore uh, simple mathematics, you know, but I used to really adore multiplications. So I, I, that was that was my that was the thing I enjoyed most. Yeah. Give, me, give me something. Give me give me give me a, give me a test. Yeah, well, I, I know I'd really need one because I can't even figure out the fifteen percent for tips at bars and restaurants. So yeah, that would have been a challenge for me. But <laughs> I, I'm sure you. I mean, you had like. Uh, Probably really good math teachers in school in, in England. So, yeah, anyway. Anyway, let me move on here. If I may, Spud. What? Yeah, well, I had an excellent math teacher at my high school. Now, I'm not one to brag, but I also had extraordinary skills in this area. Of course, I'm not comparing myself to Albert Einstein, but I was known as a real math wizard. Oh, uh, Eugene, I just need a quick moment here. <laughs> How does a math wizard end up as a co-host of a little radio show and also selling carpet and linoleum on the side? Damn, I teed that one up for you again. I don't want to hear that jingle ever again. I hope you guys on the board are listening. Well, I like to think my math skills are quite useful in both my jobs. Just understand this number. Two, you are the second banana on this show, so zip it and let me get back to Eugene. Anyway, let me move on here. I gotta talk about your death scene on season six of Game of Thrones. Uh, as Lancel Lannister, you kind of went out like a badass. First, you were stabbed in the back, and after dragging yourself around on the ground for uh, I don't know a while, then, then you finally got incinerated. You got incinerated, being cremated alive uh, while still alive. It had to be a first for you, right? I mean, that was. Ugh. I was a death scene like no other. No, I mean, I got a. I, I, I had an absolutely fantastic death scene. I, I wish I could. Uh... 
I'd properly articulate to your audience the look on my face when I read the script and saw how they had written the death. I mean, it was just sensational. I was, I was, I was incredibly, incredibly lucky to get that kind of uh, that kind of death. Um, and, and I've been asked so often, um, you know, were you sad that your character died, or were you sad to go? And I, I can say with absolutely no hesitation that no, I wasn't. I mean, this is Game of Thrones. You know, everyone is going to die. You know, everyone. Of course, you are. Um, it's a question of how you die. And I was very lucky to get such an explosive and, and, and wonderful death. Um, and, and I said what I loved about that scene, actually, more than anything else, was the music. The music was just fantastic. How long did it take you to shoot you dying? I mean, because uh, it went on for a while. It went on for, it, well, I mean, filming took place in three, three locations. Northern Ireland in Belfast, um, uh, southern Spain in Girona, and then Dubrovnik in Croatia. So um, it was all over the place. I mean, the whole series is extended every year. It now takes about seven to eight months. Uh, but for me, it was about um, on and off for about three weeks to a month. That's how long it took. Um, down when I was under the crypt, when I was dragging my paralyzed body um, across the dirt, um, that took about a day and a half. Wow. And I was exhausted by the end of it. I mean, honestly, try, try not being able to move your legs and pulling yourself along a floor that is covered in uh, bat feces, your, uh, you know, fake Ooh. blood, water. Oh, God. It was, and, and, and you've got these chains on your shoulder that are real iron. Uh, no, it was, uh, it was quite a day, but uh, I enjoyed it. Wow, real bat crap. Well, that's that's uh, okay. All right. Well, uh, yeah, there were there were yeah, lots of bats in that cave. <laughs> um, Eugene, how ra- how rabid are the Game of Thrones fans? Are they now approaching the intensity of Star Trek fans? They have definitely definitely shut up. I mean, the thing about Game of Thrones fans is, and I really mean this, they're all so nice. They, they, I've never met a you know the bad egg. They're all just such wonderfully lovely people. Um, and they love the they love the storyline. They love the drama. They love the realism, and they also love the fantasy. Right, There's a, right. such a strong difference between the two, um, and and they adore it. And it's very nice meeting them because they're always just so enthusiastic. They're so informed as well. Um, about the different houses, the names of the characters, you know, their ambitions, you know, even their outfits, their looks, their styles. I mean, you go to Comic-Cons and you just see the variation. It's just, it's spectacular. It wow. really is. You know, at one time, uh, way back, I was a Lost in Space fanatic, but there are only a few dozen of us, but anyway. Never fear, Smith is here. But anyway, all right, well, let, I know you got to go, Please. so let me... Uh, Remind everyone, uh, your new series on the National Geographic Channel, Genius, the life story of Albert Einstein. So thank you very much for coming back on our show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me and enjoy the show, everyone. Thanks Uh, so much. All right, Mr. Eugene Simon. My, how time flies. You know, you know, I'm... I'm almost certain my core listeners are going to desert me if I, you know, do and try and co-opt the InfoWars deal. I'm, I'm positive they are, you know. We should at least take a call or two, you know, to get their feedback. Because right now we have no data on how this might play out. I, it just seems like the smart thing to do. Take the next call that comes through the board, unless it's a telemarketer, of yeah, course. But I'm not going to beat around the bush anymore here. You will probably have to walk away from your prior audience. No. Yes, it will be scary at first, but when you see even a small portion of the audience numbers Alex gets with his show, I think you'll have made my, I'll made my point with you. I mean, what is the true sign of insanity? 
um, maybe still watching Survivor on CBS each week. That no. show needs to be put to sleep. I'm serious. No. It needs to be put down. It's repeating the same behavior over and over and expecting different results. Well, also, you're crazy if you try to be something you aren't. Well, if not crazy, then just stupid. Hey, guys, do we have a call? I, I don't think so. Well, could we? can I ask again for somebody to call? Oh, would you like me to text one of my friends to call in? Oh, no. You know what? Our intern, oh, okay, Franklin, then. just said we do have a caller holding. Is he there? Caller? Put it, well, put him on. Oh, caller, are you there? Yeah, man. I've never heard your show before, but uh, I was just cruising the web and landed on this thing here. Well, how are we doing so far? It's pretty boring if you ask me, but I did hear you say on the air that Alex Jones was a performance artist. That was not funny. I would advise you to cease and desist with that kind of talk. You know that storyline is all over the internet right now, right? Hey, hey, I didn't say it. It wasn't me. My temporary co-host here said it. And please well, do not unleash your cult on me, okay? Please. I, I have a variety of issues I'm dealing with right now. That's I cannot true. handle being beat up on social media and looking over my shoulder at Safeway. Actually, I Just did not bring up that topic, Spud. You were the one who mentioned Alex was a performance artist. You know what I mean. Whoever did bring it up, uh, whoever did bring it up, I suggest they knock it off. Alex Jones is the only guy who tells the whole truth about what's going on in this country. Oh, like the time he said devil worshippers were taking over America, or the government really? controlled the weather, or his greatest no. hit, 9-11, was an inside job. Yeah, he's a real truth teller for a dick. Um, hey, caller, please excuse my Aunt Dorothy. She's having a bad day. I'm not. So if I did this makeover and started tossing out a few decent, you know, conspiracy theories, would you listen to my show and be honest here? Give me, give me, you know, what, what do you think? 9-11 was an inside job, and I seriously doubt I would ever listen to this show on purpose. Okay, caller, we have plans to do whatever is necessary to interest you and your fellow Alex Jones fans. May I ask, what specific conspiracy theories that you people find most compelling? You little b****s out there are going to go watch your TV and your movies. J just give us a chance to run with this, and you'll be happy you did. Um, well, I do have my limits on what I'm willing to say on the air. I mean, I, I won't spread that one about Hillary Clinton being a cannibal. Oh, terrible. It's, it's been out there on the net for a while, and I just can't go there. But, I mean, there's got to be some nicer conspiracy theories available for me. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I know for a fact that Hillary Clinton is a practicing cannibal. She no. has been for years. Hmm. Do you know that she was eating the carcass of Vince Foster before the Secret Service arrived and whisked her away back to the White House during her husband's first term? Really? This guy's a dick, too. I'm just saying. Uh, well, uh, caller, we appreciate you look, calling Look, look, you know, I, I, I think my aunt has nailed it. You people are really creepy. You think we're bad for America? You think yeah. I'm bad for America? Um, not that my handful of longtime listeners are not a bit creepy, too, but they don't enjoy dancing on the graves of dead people. You guys are kind of dickish. Well, I gotta go. All I can say is see you on Twitter, Spud. What do you have, a couple of hundred followers? Ha, huh. later, man. Um, hey, if you're still listening, I have like 6,000 or so sort of followers on the Twitter thingy. I, I know it's a little tiny number, but I'm not a total nobody, okay? I'm Teddy Powers! But, but you know, if we did upset you and other fans, you know, of Alex, I'm really, really sorry. I'm serious. I just 
please forgive me and, and don't cyber bully me, please, pretty please. Oh, you think? Okay, anyway, all right. Um, then I guess we're out of time, so I need to say adios. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye bye. Once again, here are the gentlemen of leisure. Spud Goodman Productions.